Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. One of 700 radio show hosts included in the book, Radio Wants You, an intimate portrait of 700 radio shows that welcome guests. What a loser. And this is Interviews from the Past and Present, now available on JiggyJagwire.com. I was really surprised about that. Back here on the world-famous Jiggy Jaguayu show at www.jiggyjaguayu.com. And uh, Dr. Uh, Nick Delgado is with us today. He is... Uh, he has got his hands in all sorts of different things. This guy is uh, is is an amazing, amazing individual. At uh, uh, the age of twenty three, he suffered a frightening uh, anemic attack, a, a mini stroke, basically that uh, that changed the course of his life forever. Subsequently, uh, the doctor devoted himself to becoming a healthier fitness role model that would lead others to great health. And uh, Dr. Delgado would go on and would graduate uh, from all the best medical schools. And uh, th- th- this guy is phenomenal. I welcome in Dr. Nick Delgado. How you doing, doctor? I'm doing great. Yeah, it's, it's great to be on your show. You know, I'm, I'm really excited about how to share with your audience to be fit and energized, especially with the New Year's resolutions. It's time to really get going for people. Now, uh, you, you've got a book out there. It's called Be Fit and Energetic. And uh, this thing is just flying off the shelves in, in all the major stores, Internet and otherwise. And uh, people are uh, snatching this thing up like crazy. Uh, well, why is it people are so drawn to this book, my friend? Well, after 30 years of research, James, we've, we've looked at uh, the secrets to how uh, the body functions at its best with bioidentical hormones, how to stimulate the body to release its own stem cells, which we all have within our bone marrow and within our circulation. But it's amazing because when we're younger, we certainly have optimum youthful hormone levels. When we get injured, stem cells release and go to the site of injury and heal us up real quick. But as we get older, you know, anything past the age of uh, 25, Sorry to say, James, but anything past 25, it just starts, you know, declining. Uh, chronic diseases develop, hypertension, high blood pressure, heart disease, cancer, arthritis. And so what we're dealing with now is a mass epidemic. It's not just the aging problem. It's really more related to lifestyle and certain things that people can magically do to transform their lifestyle and really restore their natural hormones by addressing the endocrine system. I'm going to be on several radio talk shows and TV shows coming up and it's so good to be on your show, KGAG. And, and, you know, I'm really excited because your audience is well-educated, and certainly they want to know, what are the steps? How do we help people to accomplish these incredible goals? Now, uh, the good doctor's with us today. He's got an incredible, incredible background. Uh, gave you a little bit of it at the top of the broadcast, but uh, uh, the, the doctor is teamed with health experts in search for uh, consistent uh, correlations with aging and uh, symptomatic indications he discovered new answers to the age-old problems and uh, during this time period he collaborated with so many acclaimed physicians uh, to tell us about some of the things that you uh, that you wrote and that you studied and that you found out through uh, 
collaboration and things because you you've got a ton of medical knowledge, my friend. Well, you know, it's it's really a, a combination of learning how the body functions. And at the microscopic level, next week in Las Vegas, I'm going to be demonstrating to a group of chiropractors and nurses and educators how to look at the blood under a high-powered microscope and see the blood and the red cells, the white cells, the immune system, and really how at the cellular level there's what we call free radical damage and oxidative stress. And you can actually see it in dry samples of blood under a magnification of 400 times and we, we put it on a big TV screen and then put it into a laptop computer we can actually email the results but if you go to our website nickdelgado.com there's a, an amazing video uh, where you can look at the different videos but one about how to become diabetic in six hours now I know that sounds strange I mean why would you want to know how to become diabetic in six hours but once you understand how the process works you can for those people who want to prevent uh, too much blood sugar excess and cause the premature de degeneration at the cellular level, you can actually see on this video how it works. And there's an amazing video, How to Become Diabetic in Six Hours, uh, at the Nick Delgado website. Now, uh, you, you, you've been able to uh, amass a lot of information onto this website in a uh, short amount of time. Uh, tell, tell us about the website in depth and uh, what people can expect when they head over there. Well, you know, it's really about uh, education. Uh, I, I uh, have posted up videos showing where I broke the world strength endurance record of uh, taking dumbbells and hammer curl press overhead at the age of uh, 53. Now at the age of 56, today's my birthday, and I'm training to break the world record for curls, taking 50-pound dumbbell uh, curl bar and curling it nonstop for an hour. And, you know, by really motivating people that are half my age to realize that you can perform at your best at all times and look and feel better and years younger than your chronological age. And I, I think that part of it is, you know, James, we, we, we really overlook the obvious, and that is that the cells need hydration, they need nutrition, and there are some amazing herbs and combinations, especially a very high fiber content of a, of a blend we put together with 52 whole fruits and vegetables. So I mix that up every day, drink it down along with some other nutrients, and I, I'm telling you, you know, it, it's a, it's a quick kickstart to the endocrine system, to the hormones of the body, to awaken the body's energy system. So that's why I wrote the book, Be Fit and uh, Energized. It, it really is something that so many people are looking for natural ways to build up their strength, their energy, and look and feel years younger. Now, uh, Dr. Nick is with us today. Dr. Nick Delgado is... Uh that this that this guy is pretty much the man. Well, <laughs> when it when it comes to uh, to uh, aging and uh, knowing uh, what what what's going on out here, he's uh, he's writing um, three books uh, from from what we understand. You're you're you uh, you competed at the uh, the Arnold Classic, and uh, you set a world record doing over. Uh, what was it? 1974 lifts in one hour. Yeah, it, it was. It actually totaled up if you count uh, each arm going up with the dumbbells. 
uh, over 1,974 lifts in one hour. So uh, that total weight was 50,560 pounds. So, you know, that, that record has still yet to be exceeded that I set in 2007. And now I'm uh, uh, planning to break the world record for curls. Uh, a guy out of England did uh, 550 curls in one hour. So I came up with 750 curls in one hour. Then a guy uh, out of Ireland did uh, 1,085. So I'm chasing that number here. I'm on pace to break that record right now. Now, uh, the good doctors with us, he's uh, competed uh, and, and, and he knows all the world champions. He knows all the guys in you know, he, he, he's been to the Olympia in Vegas. He's been to the London uh, uh, London World Championships. He, he's competed uh, continuous vertical lifts for the Ultimate Medical Research Challenge. Um, Nick has generated over 3 million units of energy according to Newton's Law, which is a distance moving weight, 55 inches times number of reps, uh, 1974 times uh, 30 pounds, the average weight range was 25 to 40 pounds in each hand. Nick has defended his world record using 25, 30, 35, 40, and 45-pound dumbbells. He basically will take on all challengers, uh, ages, strength, endurance categories. Uh, you can see the video record at uh, nickphd.com. And uh, Dr. Nick Delgado has uh, been on the cover of uh, Planet Muscle Magazine. Uh, Planet Muscle 2007 issues were available. Uh, they're available here and over 25,000 convenience stores in the United States. Uh, Nick, uh, when, when I say you're the man, I'm, I'm not BSing you, brother. You're, you're, you're on the cover of magazines. You're, you're hanging and banging with superstars. Uh, you are the man. <laughs> that, that, that's all I got to say, brother. Well, you know, James, it, it's it's really uh, interesting because sometimes we put limits on what our mind and our body can accomplish. And I like people to consider uh, and, and examine and, and uh, mimic or study those people who live the longest, who are the happiest, the healthiest, the strongest, and the fittest, not just on the outside, but internally in their circulation, in their arteries, and, you know, how all that comes together. So, you know, we, we've been training doctors at anti-aging conferences, but now for the first time, we're really offering the public this education program, and it's, you know, virtually, it's uh, so affordable. Just obviously go to the website, nickphd.com, and you can download articles for free and review the materials. And if they call our office, uh, we'll be happy to send them a, a CD of Why Sexy People Live Longer. And if they want to order a copy of the book, we can send them a PDF of the book by tomorrow, uh, the book uh, Be Fit and Energize. So it's a 230-page book uh, all on a PDF uh, file we can email to them. And uh, when the hard copies come out uh, out uh, in a few months, uh, they can be the first on the list for only $15 to get the book. So, you know, a preview of it on PDF is going to be fun. But if they go to the website, they can see some of the articles I've written, but you know, it's it's always important. I think uh, people want to know the tips, the steps, and and how to really accomplish uh, amazing levels of health. And there's a lot of promises and gimmicks and, and beliefs out there. You know, I think that there is a consensus in in the anti-aging world. I, I uh, am one of the main educators for the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine uh, diplomat there, and so in our training workshops. You know, we have doctors from all over the world who get together and study and research and train. And, uh, you know, the, the key is to update that knowledge, you know, because there, there's there's a lot of old beliefs about vitamin C and vitamin A and things. And we used to believe in the 1970s and 80s that these single nutrients,
nutrients could target what we call free radical damage and serve as a, an appropriate antioxidant. What we've since learned is that whole food antioxidants, amazingly whole food derivatives such as from mushrooms, from uh, activated barley, and from various uh, seaweed derivatives, it's amazing how much more potent these antioxidants are. And we know that with a combination of cyclic variations and altitude conditioning, it's kind of a, a mini version of sitting in a space capsule, and it simulates James going up to 20,000 feet and then dropping 1,000 feet per second. It stimulates your own body to release EPO. It's what the race bi long-distance bicyclers use, these EPO injections, which, you know, it, it's not quite legal to do that, but when you get in these uh, uh, pods and they, they simulate altitude conditions, then it's, it's, it's healthy, it's safe, and it's legal and I'm always looking for natural alternatives to steroids how can you get those amazing results and I even have an interview on my uh, website uh, steroids kill if they go to the forum and the blog under nickdelgado.com and, and they're going to see some amazing information about how to get optimum results without harming the body and really uh, you know prolong the quality of life well, I'll tell you, Nick. I've uh, in, enjoyed our chat here. Uh, you're 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 definitely getting it rolling out there. And uh, this the, this book, it it it's it's amazing. And uh, looking forward to talking to you again, my friend. Well, great. And then our contact information is at our website. So if you just drop people drop their uh, email or call our office up, like I said, we'll send them that uh, special CD, Why Sexy People Live Longer. And uh, they can also, uh, from hearing this show, just mention KGAG, and we'll, we'll send them a PDF of the book, uh, Be Fit and Energize. And if they want to order it, it's only $15, and we'll, we'll ship it out to them in a few months when it comes in print. But uh, they can get a pre-glimpse of it this week uh, just by uh, calling in or dropping Dropping us an email at our, our website, uh, nick at delgadoprotocol.com is, is the email. But just look at the website, nickphd.com, and all the information is there. Just call us up at the 866-319-0566, toll free. Hey, you're doing a great job. Keep the people motivated out there. I, I know you're shaking them up on the Internet and Texas and Kansas. And uh, I'm talking to you from sunny California right now, and just uh, it, it's really great on my birthday to share this uh, great information with your audience. That'll work, brother. Well, ha have yourself a good one. We'll talk soon. Okay, bye-bye. Definitely. Later. Dr. Nick Delgado here on the world-famous Cheeky Jake What You Show. Uh, I'll tell you, this guy is a wealth of knowledge. He's uh, a fabulous, fabulous individual. We've got There's more. We get back here on the world-famous Cheeky Jake I feel like such an idiot. Quite right. So you should. We're mutants. Oh, ungratefully. <laughs> Find out more at JiggyJagwire.com. One of 700 radio show hosts included in the book, Radio Wants You, an intimate portrait of 700 radio shows that welcome guests. What a loser. And this is Interviews from the Past and Present, now available on JiggyJagwire.com. I was really surprised about that. We're going to pre-record this date. Robert Mazur with us today here on the world-famous Jiggy Jagwire Experience, the author of The Infiltrator, My Secret Life Inside the Dirty Banks, behind Pablo Escobar's Mendelin Goddell. And uh, today we're talking about all sorts of different things with Robert. But uh, this, this book, by the way, you can pick it up. It's online. It's the-infiltrator.com, or you can find it on Amazon, and it's just an amazing, amazing read. Industries at risk for money fraud. 
Robert, tell us a little bit about it, my friend. Well, we're having a change in the uh, dynamics of the money laundering world. There's no doubt about that. There's some two major events that have occurred in the very recent past that, that really creates this this new uh, emerging situation. One is the fact that the legitimate economy is shrinking. The, the movement of huge amounts of uh, capital are not what they were three or four years ago, um, when or four years ago when the uh, economy was flourishing. Because of that, there's less camouflage for this money to be moving around, and so it's it's a little bit easier to spot, and it's beginning to try to push itself into a lot more legitimate businesses that uh, it didn't push itself into before. At the same time, because of the poor economy, I think the institutional will has waned a little bit, and uh, and and there is a greater possibility that people would make the unfortunate decision to to uh, get into uh, handling this type of illicit these type of illicit funds. The other issue is that the largest banks that have previously been ignored in something very important that they've done in connection with the repatriation of drug proceeds back into the United States. Um, banks like HSBC, that's currently a uh, subject of a grand jury uh, criminal investigation out of New York, uh, Wachovia Bank that pled guilty to, or not pled guilty, but entered into a deferred prosecution admitting guilt, um, and in connection with handling uh, 400 billion in deposits out of Mexico, and, and other banks have gotten out of what was called the bulk cash uh, business, bulk bank note business. What they were doing is they would buy bulk amounts of currency um, and buy and sell it uh, for other currencies in huge lots. I'm talking billions of dollars in HBC's case. The allegation is that they were repatriating about eight billion dollars a year just out of Mexico. Their uh, banknote section was handling about $40 billion a year. Um, and there's one place that a lot of that bulk cash comes from, and, and that is from the collection of drug proceeds on the streets of the U.S. And those proceeds are then smuggled into Central and South America, where they then attempt to take on a legitimate appearance and, uh, and I've seen, because I get uh, engaged, I'm a court-certified expert in money laundering in Canada and the U.S., I get engaged by companies on a regular basis to assess risk for them, whether that's risk that relates to emerging uh, or uh, partners, people who have made offers to provide capital, or the type of product that they have, or the geographic area they may be working in. And I've had, in the last month, at least three instances where smaller institutions, um, hedge funds, small banks, uh, have been approached to get into this bank, bulk bank note business because that money's got nowhere to go. Those uh, those big banks aren't taking it. So there's a risk that's emerging to the general businesses uh, around the, the world uh, to be exposed to this type of money. Robert Mazur with us today, Industries at Risk for Money Fraud. How can uh, businesses that deal in Latin America countries, uh, they are, are they more at risk for falling victim to money laundering? Yeah, uh, absolutely, they are. Now, I, uh, in years past, would make presentations. I make them to many different uh, professional associations, and in, in uh, this instance, it was a uh, international credit managers uh, of major corporations uh, based in the United States that have to deal in collecting debt uh, out of Latin America. So, when you have importers that are located in Latin America who need dollars to buy goods. And these may be, you know, there, are, there are many, many different types of businesses that uh, uh, in the United States that either manufacture in the U.S. or manufacture 
in China and other locations, but their, their debt is collected in the United States. Uh, we sell huge amounts of poultry to Central and South America. That's just an example of one business. Uh, but there are many, many other types of businesses, uh, businesses that sell uh, refrigerators and, and uh, washing machines and dryers and those types of things. Anyway, those, those uh, credit managers, uh, when I would present to them, I tried to help them to understand that they have certain reporting requirement responsibilities um, under the, the U.S. statutes. They, just like a bank, when you get more than $10,000 in payment in cash, uh, you have to file a form, a bank does, courtesy transaction report, but if you're in a business or a trade and you get more than 10000 in cash, then you need to report that on a Form 8300, which goes to the U.S. Treasury Department. And that form is very interesting, as the government makes things way more complicated than they generally need to. Believe it or not, cash is not just currency. Under the statute, if you receive what's called a non-depository check, that could be a money order, uh, a money gram, a traveler's check, a cashier's check, the type of check that is tendered by someone who's not a signature on the account, that's a non-depository check. If you get those in the amount, in any amount under 10000 under the statute, that's considered currency, and you've got to report it. So if I went to a car dealership and I bought a $20,000 car with, five, uh, with four $5,000 uh, cashier's checks, uh, I, as a, a seller of that car, would need to, as a, as a business, I'm in the business of selling cars, that car dealership needs to file an 8300 form. So I explain this to all these people and say, okay, out of Latin America, how many of you get uh, non, uh, on a, a bulk a lot of non-depository checks in amounts under $10,000. They all raise their hand. They collect millions of dollars in, in uh, their debt in those forms. Well, how many of you get those cashier's checks from a party that's buying it or you get traveler's checks and, uh, or, or you get third-party checks that come from accounts that are not controlled by those people? Everybody raises their hand. Well, in the black market, when you buy and sell dollars, in the drug world, part of the process involves, at times, converting huge piles of cash into small non-depository checks. So they send people around to post offices and American Express offices, and, and they buy every single day, you know, checks for $1,500, $1,200, small amounts. And then those get into the black market and are sold. So I'm explaining this to these people, and they recognize that they're getting dirty dollars. And they also have a responsibility to file these forms, which they're not filing. And so I'd get a line of people after, the, after making my presentations, and they'd say, well, I'm going to get with senior management. We obviously need to do a risk assessment here and establish some policies and procedures so we're in compliance with the law. And uh, then I'd either never get a call back from them, or I would get a, a, a sheepish call from uh, somebody who would say, you know, I just felt I deserved a, uh, I, you deserved a phone call back. I did speak with senior management, but unfortunately they said, this is all bad for business. You know, nobody's bothering us now. We're just going to continue on doing what we're doing. So unfortunately, there, there is a segment of the, the U.S.-based international businesses that aren't at, at, uh, adhering to these laws, that are collecting a lot of debt out of, out of Latin America and, and are collecting that debt uh, from individuals who are possessing narco dollars. You might wonder, how does an importer, importer get these cashier's checks, and why would they bother to get that? Well, they're otherwise sitting in places like Mexico with Mexican pesos, 
They can't pay for the goods they buy on the open international markets with Mexican pesos. So they go to an unofficial market, black market money dealers, and they sell their Mexican pesos or their Colombian pesos for these non-depository checks or for checks of any sort that are in dollar form. So the traffickers then buy the local currency that is in Mexico or Colombia, and they walk off with cleaner money because it's come from a legitimate business. Um, and then the importers now have these narco dollars that they got at a discount because they didn't go through the official channels of buying dollars. If they did, it would cost them about 20% more to buy dollars than if, than if they went to these unofficial markets. So it's a big business. It's not just a big business as it relates to the selling of drugs, but it's a big business as it relates to the selling of drug money. And there's roughly $400 billion a year generated from the sale of illegal drugs around this globe, and that's big business. Robert Mazur with us today, industries at risk for money fraud. How can someone launder money through precious metals and stones? Well, you know, that is, any, first off, any type of a business that's involved in, in large cash, normally large cash transactions, is going to be uh, potentially a vehicle that can be abused and abused by people involved in illegal activity because they've got cash and they want to get it into some other form. And in this instance, I've seen many times where uh, either they set up themselves a business that's uh, involved in selling precious metals and precious stones and use that as a front to convert their uh, illegal dollars into precious stones and metals. Um, or uh, they wind up contacting somebody who's in that type of business and offering to make purchases um, at below market rate, at, a, at a, excuse me, above market rates, so that they're paying a premium in order to get their cash turned over, and in return for that, um, asking that the individual is not wind up reporting uh, the receipt of that cash. So that business, uh, I have one particular case uh, where uh, individuals had set up in multinational locations as precious metals dealers. What they were doing is they were shipping. Um, lead back and forth to one another so and, and ensuring it as though it was precious metals. And then they were, uh, in turn, uh, justifying the receipt of their own cash uh, into the system and reporting it in the various jurisdictions where they needed reported because they were also doing some legitimate transactions. That's why the Treasury Department has designated dealers in precious metals and stones as a financial institution and they've imposed the reporting requirements on that business in the same fashion that they've imposed it upon banks, on casinos, on uh, savings and loans, and all the other types of businesses that, if you, uh, if you just Google uh, financial institutions, U.S. Treasury, you'll get a list of the types of businesses that uh, have to adhere to these filing requirements. But it's an industry that's been abused for decades uh, by those who possess huge amounts of illegal uh, money. Well, I'll tell you, Robert, it's a uh, it's an interesting uh, topic whenever we can get you on. Uh, we're speaking with Robert Mazur, author of The Infiltrator, My Secret Life Inside the Dirty Banks Behind Pablo Escobar's Mendelon Cartel. And uh, today we're speaking with Robert about all sorts of different things, basically industries at risk for money fraud. What is the risk for telecommunications? How can they fall victim to these laundering money? Well, there's some pretty famous cases out there where telecommunications companies were, uh, were abused, used and abused. Um, first off, let's, let's take it where the situation where the telecommunications company is involved in the conspiracy. And in that instance, 
The reason that they become an attractive money laundering vehicle for those who, for, for narco organizations, is that they, have, they sell things that are very, very difficult to measure. You know, if I'm selling washing machines, I have, uh, I have an inventory. Uh, I've, I've got an easy way that things can be tracked about what we manufacture. But when I'm selling broadband with, that doesn't get measured. After it's, it, it's sold, uh, I mean, there's no inventory. It's not backed up. It's a capability to move uh, uh, something that's sellable along uh, Internet wiring. So you have that you know, one angle, but then you also have stored value cards. And, and in many instances, that's another thing where uh, you know, they might sell cards that have huge amounts of minutes on it. Of course, that costs you money. Uh, or it may actually have stored value like a debit card. And in those instances, how does one tell what's really on the card? So if they're involved in the conspiracy, they can create a bunch of cards that actually have no value on them whatsoever and create invoicing to indicate that they have sold it, sold uh, real debit cards and real uh, cards with money on it uh, and take in huge amounts of illegal proceeds as legitimate revenue in, in selling those, uh, those items. That's one way it can be done. Another way that it can be done, and unfortunately for the telecommunications industry, as they get broader in their services, many of them will offer uh, account holders the opportunity to send money over their phone. Um, you can do that with many different uh, telecommunications companies that I'm familiar with, and not just in, in one country. You can do it all over the globe. So in those instances, individuals might come and buy uh, or, or put down an amount of money and get a PIN number that uh, enables them. That's, that PIN number is now worth whatever money they plunked down. And then they can just call whoever they want to call, give them the PIN number, and the person on another side of the globe can go in with that PIN number and uh, recover the money by cashing in the PIN number. So that's another way in which these uh, these types of businesses can be abused. Well, I'll tell you, Robert, it's always an interesting uh, chat when we get you on. We're speaking to Robert Mazur today. He's a former undercover federal agent and author of The Infiltrator, My Secret Life Inside the Dirty Banks Behind Pablo Escobar's Mental Entire Tale. Topic today is industries at risk for money fraud. How can someone launder money through money orders and traveler's checks? And how are they able to get away with it easier rather than uh, through a bank? Well, you know, this is a, a, a very, very uh, long-standing methodology used. Uh, I first saw it back in, oh, probably the early 1980s, um, and we gave it a name back then. Uh, when, when the Colombian cartels would send over literally 10, 15 people in a family strictly for the responsibility of going to a, a let's say, go to a car uh, in Jackson Heights, in, in uh, New York City, which is a, a high uh, drug trafficking and uh, Colombian presence type area within New York. And, um, and the, the person at that trunk, uh, at the trunk of the car, will pop it open, and let's say they've got $500,000 in currency. If he's got 10 people there, everybody gets $50,000, everybody's given a map. The map tells them where the uh, postal services are where they can buy money orders, where the American Express offices are, where other places are where you can buy traveler's checks and money grams. And they go around, each of them individually, all day long, just buying these uh, non-depository checks in small amounts. And they try to buy them in weird small amounts, not flat numbers like 4000 or 5000 They'll buy them for $1,732.15. They're going to try to make it look like they're paying a bill. 
So now they come back at the end of the day, and these 10 people turn over. They take what was 500,000 and would have fit into two or three boxes, and it's now um, maybe a stack that's about four or five inches high of these checks. They get paid a fee for doing that. And what we called them back then, and they're still called in the, uh, in the law enforcement community, is Smurfs by that 1980s cartoon of those little blue characters running around in 15 different directions during, a, during the cartoon, we kind of thought that this was a, a similar pattern of movement, so we started calling it Smurfing. And, and that's what it's known in the law enforcement community, Smurfing groups, groups that go out and Smurf uh, checks and, and bring it back as the very beginning step in the money laundering process. Those uses of those types of non-depository checks in smaller amounts Depositing those within a bank is generally the next step because they want to get a bigger balance and then wire transfer out. But those are red flags that people in banks who are involved in money laundering compliance look for. Those are red flags that if they see it, they should be filing what's called a suspicious activity report with the U.S. Treasury Department. That's a report that you would file if you've received uh, more than $3,000 and it appears to you that in some fashion this transaction may be associated with some type of criminal activity. So it gets reported, but sometimes it doesn't get reported. Sometimes what happens is those non-depository checks are smuggled out of the United States and taken to places like Panama where less questions are going to be asked and are deposited. Of course, Panama, Ecuador are two countries, in one in Central America, one in South America, whose that use the U.S. dollar as their currency. So it's very easy to then integrate that type of money into the Ecuadorian and the Panamanian uh, economy, into the banking systems. And, and that's another way in which they try to get rid of these checks. Well, Robert, I appreciate you making time for us today, my friend. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, good luck with uh, the book. Uh, I understand the book's selling very, very well. The, book, the book's doing well, and, and we uh, also just entered into an agreement with uh, the team that uh, put the movie uh, The Lincoln Lawyer together. Uh, Brad Furman is the director who uh, directed that film with Matthew McConaughey as the lead, and they have, uh, they have acquired the rights to develop the, uh, potentially develop a movie uh, from the book, and we're hopeful that uh, that's going to happen. And the book is already selling in a total of four languages uh, around the world. Good stuff, Robert. Well, uh, congratulations on your success. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Bye. There's something very, very wrong with us. I feel like such an idiot. Quite right. So you should. We're mutants. Oh, ungratefully. Find out more at JiggyJagwire.com. Check out more on this podcast. You're going to love my nuts. Watch this. And the rest of the circus. Stop having a boring life. At JiggyJagwire.com. Back here on the Homegrown Half Hour here on Zoo92.com. Also, Rangerplex Alternative Webcasting Network's complete list is available at KMAEntertainment.info. When you get over there, click on the Homegrown Half Hour banner, and it will take you to um, our, our past shows, our or uh, station information. Everything you need to know is over there right now. Um, we've got an interesting band on the phone with us. We're going to go ahead and let them introduce themselves, and we'll talk about their band. Go ahead and jump in there. 
Hey, how you guys doing? Stefan from the band Rival Night. Uh, we're from Reno Valley, California. We formed way back in uh, 08. And we just released our uh, new EP, Unplugged. It's so available on iTunes, Amazon.com, uh, MySpace Records. Now, um, now, how did you guys get together? Oh, my God. oh uh, let's see. How did I get together? Oh, start, well, I met Max actually in 05 at a party, but it wasn't until 08 we discovered we both uh, uh, had a passion for music. And we started having little jam sessions in my garage, and before we knew it, we formed a band. Now, uh, as a child growing up, music uh, is all around us. What type of music did you guys uh, most listen to back then, and how does it differ from what you listen to now? Oh, okay. Uh, let's see, back then, what was I into? It was a lot of heavier music, I would say. Uh, started off with like groups like Deftones and stuff like that, but eventually, eventually started to like more mellow bands, you know, older school bands like Pink Floyd, you know, uh, Led Zeppelin, and just, just went from there, you know. Well, that's cool stuff. Now, um, what was the first song that you ever sang? How did it make you feel? Uh, well, I, you know what? I don't even sing. I play the guitar, so Max is the one who always sings. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, uh, see, I tried singing and never, nah, never sounded right. So, uh. <laughs> well, uh, it's, a, it, it's a heck of a deal. How can people, uh, what can people expect to see at your live performances? Uh, oh, that's YouTube. You type in, uh, go to YouTube.com and type in Rival Night in the search, and you'll find a couple shows. Now, uh, if you guys had to describe your music in three or four words, what would you call it? Uh, oof, let's see, uh, oh my goodness, that's all. <laughs> I would say it's really, I know it's like indie rock. Um, I, actually, I wouldn't know what word to, I wouldn't know what word to call it, but I know it's, people say it's really uh, indie, alternative sounding. Now, uh, how did you guys get this name? Who who came up with the name? Oh, Max did. We uh, we had like a basically we were just shooting a bunch of names back and forth through emails, and that happened to be the one we stuck with. We kind of just uh, we went through a lot of names. I mean, there was a ton of them. That was the one that kind of stuck out. Yeah. Now, um. Have, have you guys, uh, where, where have you guys performed uh, b b besides your local area? <laughs> well, so far we've just been local. We haven't went out of our, uh, our, um, yeah, our area. We've been just in California so far, but we're trying to get to places like Arizona. And, uh, and we're going to do North Carolina. How has the uh, Internet affected your guys' music? Uh, I would say it helped us, uh, get more fan base, you know, like we have, because of the internet, it's able, we're able to reach more people, you know, so yeah. just with shows, so that's been good, like, we have, we have good turnouts at every show, yeah, I would say the internet has really helped, and it's made it easy to sell the music, too, you know, with the sites and everything. If you guys had to think of a slogan that could leave a uh, positive impact for everyone, what would your slogan be? Oh, wow. Um, 
positive music for everybody and people enjoying the music something like that what would you attribute uh, your drive as an artist to be what I what what would you attribute your uh, your drive what motivates you guys oh just uh, uh, um, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to talk for both of us so it's kind of hard you know what I mean like I don't know what motivates Max or whatever but for me it's just, I just love being on stage, you know, performing for people and entertaining people and giving them something positive to listen to. Well, I appreciate you making some time for us today. We're going to play some of your music right now, and uh, how do we find you guys on the internet? Oh, they have a couple sites. One is uh, www.facebook.com slash rival night, and there's uh, another one, www.reverbnation.com slash Rival Night, and then uh, there's the MySpace, which is the same as uh, www.myspace.com slash Rival Night 00. Well, I appreciate you guys making time for us today. We'll, uh, we're going to play some of your music. Uh, thanks for joining us. All right, thank you. Appreciate it. There's something very, very wrong with us. I feel like such an idiot. Quite right, so you should. We're mutants. Oh, ungratefully. Find out more at JiggyJagwire.com. It's the Jiggy Jaguar straight out of Hutchinson, Kansas, and you're listening to the really affiliate mixtape. Your black guy impersonation is just barely above your snoop button. <laughs> hey, baby, I'm Snoop Dogg. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, Don Rickles said that if you have to say who the impression is, you're not doing it right. Yeah. Hey kids, I'm John Madden. <laughs> well, not really John Madden. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think if you would have just said, you gotta come up with this word, get online, you gotta do something. That's just great football. You gotta watch over this guy on the right. I think you would have got it. I would have got it. it but instead, I go, hey kids, I'm John Madden. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I love it. You, you, yeah. you, you guys are here too. You guys might as well. Now, uh, Raising Paradise, tell, tell me a little bit about what you guys are doing out there in the, uh, the great uh, city of Kansas City. Um, not, not a lot. We're in the middle of recording again. Uh, we just had a big show last night in St. Joe's. That's it? You just, we're doing you... a lot of fun. And then, uh, yeah, we're just kind of chilling today, you know, recouping. <laughs> recouping? Now... What what do you guys do when you recoup? Are you getting like massages, happy endings, things of that nature, or what the hell is going on here? How does how do how do heavy metal guys recoup? I know how the rap guys recoup. They just sit around smoke. and smoke tree. But how smoke. do the rock guys recoup? They get drunk. Do you guys get drunk? Hookah and alcohol. Or is it hookah and alcohol? Uh, <laughs> Lots of Jack Daniels. I drank the night before. See? Okay. See? I called it. <laughs> you called it over there, brother. You act like you know some white metal guys. We love the white yeah. metal guys. 
Now, you guys aren't really considered heavy metal, are you? You guys are considered, like, hard rock or something. Um, we're kind of a hybrid in between. So, so you're good for the planet. <laughs> well, you said you were a hybrid. I got to think, are you good for the planet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I love Raising Paradise. We've had these guys on a homegrown half hour a couple times, and they're really good sports. And I figured we'd have them on the Sunday radio show and just unleash them to the Lions. And then when I got to thinking, oh, crap, they're on today. Oh, crap, I've got the asylum inmates coming. And then Salty Records calls me. They're like, we're coming up to Salada. I'm like, oh, I I really feel sorry for Raising Paradise today. Raising Paradise yeah, that's right. Raising Paradise. If you guys aren't doing anything uh, in uh, a couple weeks, Saturday, February 19th, you guys need to go to the Eagles Lodge in Wichita, Kansas. But be there early because if you're not, you're going to waste all your time driving from Kansas City for nothing. You'll be sitting outside. Or do you have a gig that day? What are we doing, the 19th? Yeah. What are you doing, the 19th? Sounds uh, familiar. <laughs> it's a day. Yeah, it, it is a day. Well, I've scheduled an appointment for being laid. <laughs> <laughs> I tried that last year, but I had a lot of cancellations. <laughs> but uh, I'm not like a dentist who can charge for like not taking the appointment. Hey, you didn't come over and lay me yesterday. It's five dollars. <laughs> you get the hookers to pay you. What kind of hookers are you hiring me? <laughs> I know. My dentist charged me a minimum of 50 bucks. Okay, 50 bucks. Good Lord. I don't know. Metal music. <laughs> <laughs> Just out of nowhere, metal music. I love that. Now, uh, Raising Paradise, how do we find you guys on the internet? Um, Pure Volume, MySpace, Facebook, Reverb Nation, basically anything and everything to do with the music business, Twitter, yeah. We started recently using Twitter, kind of. Um, who does the tweeting? Anywhere. Who, who does so the what? tweeting in the band? Who does the tweeting? Yes. The drummer. Really? <laughs> the drummer? How does he tweet? How does he tweet and drum at the same time, or does he not do that on stage? Uh, no, he does it right before we usually go on stage. He'll tweet, and then uh, it's really kind of funny to see how he does it because it's from his phone. So he sits there, and then he does it real quick, and then he actually sees like how many people actually like check it out and everything before we actually go on stage. It's really funny. He has Twitter stats. Yeah. It's helpful on tour. Hey, um, now, now, you guys, you guys just gave him the Twitter so he would feel special, right? You got to give him something to do to keep him busy, right? Yeah. (laughs) See, there you go. You're right. Asylum inmates, you got anything for uh, Raising Paradise? You got to ask him anything? Y'all need to come to the show. <laughs> you just plugged your show no, so we're far. No, we trying to plug it. We want everybody. With anybody and everybody. <laughs> come make friends. We'll play Let's Make a Deal. We'll trade some shows. I'm a promoter. Retweet <laughs> us. Retweet. Yeah. Just, just tweet us. Have your drummer tweet us. <laughs> Have your drummer tweet us. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
<laughs> you, you know, you know what I just thought of, and and I'm probably gonna get nailed later when I have salty records on. Get nailed later. Thank you. Boy. Make me an appointment to get laid too. The guy, the guy over here at Salty Records in in the green, looks like one of the guys from uh, that that Nickelodeon show, Keenan and Kel. <laughs> what the hell's going on there? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought of that. Good burger. We're gonna step out so he can deal with Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, that's right. (laughs) Raising Paradise. How how did you guys get this name? Is there a really funny story here? What's up? Sort of. (laughs) I wouldn't really say funny. It was just more of a just brilliant idea in a matter of seconds that just popped into our bass's head. I mean, it was, it couldn't be more random. We're just at a show, and he just looks back at the guitar, and he goes, Raising Paradise. How about we name our band Raising Paradise? And then one of us are just like, yeah, that's that's it. And it just stuck. So it was more of just a random spurt of genius, I guess. What was the other band name? We originally were Conflict Theory. Oh, you know the one that Jordan was thinking of, Seventh Column? Seventh Column, yeah. We had Seventh a bunch of one out, but I mean, once somebody said "Raising Paradise," the game was kind of over. We had already. <laughs> now, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but is the uh, is the seventh column thing? Was that something to do with spreadsheets? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it's actually, based off of the game Halo, we're a bunch of nerds, and uh, it's okay. So are we. We thought that sounded really cool too. This is a good time to exchange gamer tags. That's yeah. right. Let's exchange gamer tags. Let's, exchange, gamer tag? let's, let's <laughs> exchange gamer tags. Asylum inmates raising paradise. You guys go ahead and talk amongst yourselves. Well, you already said my gamer tag. It is asylum inmates. Oh, it's asylum inmates. Yeah. <laughs> With a Z. Okay. You guys got that? Hold on. I will slaughter you at Black Ops. I will fuck you up at Black Ops. I'm just saying that. Either add him on your team in Black Ops or get out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Xbox. Playing Black Ops in that 30 minutes you told us to call back. Yeah. Like four matches. Okay. Well, add add Asylum Inmates with a Z. A Z Y L U M Space A-Z-Y. Space A Z Y L U M Yes Space They're doing it right now Inmates I N M A T E S Did you get that? I N Z E Okay, say it again Inmates After you spell asylum, it's inmates I N M A T E S S Okay, is there a space? Yeah. Yeah, there's a space. Okay. Okay, asylum inmates. Okay, what what is what is what is your gamer tag so they can write well, it down? Well, if he's sending me a friend oh, request yeah, right now, I'll have you, it. You'll get so. it. Okay, yeah. Look at See? that, you've made new friends through the world of gaming. Yeah. Love it. February nineteenth. Catch it. All right. There it is. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I booked a guest one time on this show totally through Twitter. 
And now I've and now I've made a connection with two bands on Xbox Live. On Xbox Live. It's amazing. There you go, man. And now we could just get the guy. You got you got Black Ops, right? Yeah, we're just playing it. All right, yeah, you're gonna die. <laughs> Maybe we didn't make a new friend. <laughs> Maybe you didn't make a new yeah, friend. Yeah, I'll, I'll right. be friends. We can play a couple rounds on the same team, but yeah. <laughs> Watch out for my claymores. I'll fuck you up. <laughs> Look at that. I love that. Now, uh, Salty Records, do you guys do the uh, the Xbox and the? No, I'm a Madden guy. Madden. 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 Smash anybody. You'll smash anybody on Madden. Couple zombies. Couple zombies. Hey, you guys, you guys are talking about my, my, my dating life there. I've dated a couple zombies, too. Yeah, a couple, zombies. <laughs> couple zombies. I'm still legally married to one. She lives in Wichita. <laughs> I just celebrated my five-year wedding anniversary to her. She, uh, she unfriended me on Facebook and said we were divorced. I don't know what that means, but... But, uh... <laughs> if it's on Facebook, it must be true. <laughs> That's right. Don't say crazy things. <laughs> Everybody already knows now. Everybody already knows. Two years from now, I guarantee the court system they'll be like, "Do you want a separation?" Oh, nope. She's already divorced on Facebook. It says it right here. It says she's single and she is seeing this guy. That's right. She's in a relationship with. She already tweeted it. That's yeah. <laughs> right. She's in a relationship, but it's complicated. It shows she makes more than you. So she the house too. Yeah, tell your drummer to tweet asylum inmates. Just go to Hatchet of AI or Crash of AI. So, there you go. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Look at that. We're making connections. Maybe maybe asylum inmates get a gig in Kansas City out of Raising Paradise. There you go. Raising Paradise would get a gig in Wichita. I'm going to be throwing a record on the show this year. I mean, rock, rock. I want invites. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, big names, little names. Yeah, shows, invites. You'll see it. Please. <laughs> well, uh, Raising Paradise, um, we're getting ready to take take a break. I just wanted to get you guys on and uh, kind of just expose you to uh, asylum inmates and everybody. Um, we're going to take a quick little time out. When we come back, we will have more. So uh, stay tuned here on the, the world on famous. The jag. That's right. We've got uh, the, uh, the clan, uh, the group, the... I, I don't know what you guys would be referred to as. What 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 would you what would you be referred to as? You would be the you would be the asylum inmates. That would be it. That would that that would be all AI, not artificial intelligence. That's right. Well, raising paradise. I appreciate it, gentlemen, and we'll talk soon. Yeah. I appreciate it, guys. Yeah. Thanks. We're going to take a quick little time out. When we come back, we got Salty Records kicking ass, taking names, getting ready to do the damn thing. Your best. Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. As far as I'm concerned, I think you ought to put your face in dough and make jackass cookies. I'm not a crook. I don't know. Shut your mouth. Hey, baby! You're going to have to ride! I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Miss Lewinsky. Yeah, baby. I never told anybody to lie. Yeah, baby. Not a single time. Never. I wouldn't bet on any crazy man. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. The Tiki King Warrior Show. We did more than six or ten times. I did the AD. 
I got my brain on hype. Tonight will be your night. Die, 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 pig, die. Catchy little number, isn't it? Excellent. The Chiggy Chick with your show with your mornings. Catchy Gitchy. The attitude radio network. And now, ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble! I'm gonna beat the hell out of us! What you talking about, fool? I don't remember none of that. You just a crazy man seeing things that ain't there. I am hot rod store. Hey man, that's a tough dude. You're crazy. I will win the world heavyweight championship. Styling, woo, and profiling. He was the baddest cat around until I showed up. The Chicky Chick will you show with your morning six times at a time. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.